right, good to have you here this morning, and let's go ahead and take our Bibles, and we'll turn to the book of Luke here. Once again, consider some more thoughts from the book of Luke, and also the New Testament, especially the Gospel, as we consider some more thoughts on uh, following a unique faith system. And I just want to mention about faith systems, when we're talking about a faith system, we're talking about our beliefs and our fellowship and what we do as believers. Uh, you and I will choose our faith system. Everyone has a faith system of some kind. Someone says the uh, atheist doesn't. Yes, he does. An agnostic does. Every uh, person uh, chooses their faith system. Many are led into a faith system, maybe by their parents, uh, whatever it might be, or peers, or maybe someone who uh, brings them to a faith system. But again, we're going to consider some more thoughts here on following our Lord's faith system. Uh, we looked at two thoughts last week, and I just want to pick up here in Luke chapter 12 and uh, read through a few verses here as we consider some more thoughts on uh, the Lord's unique faith system. Luke chapter 12 and verse number 51, the Bible says, Suppose ye that I'm come to bring, uh, give peace on earth, I tell you nay, but rather division for from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two, and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son, and the son against the father, and the mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother, and the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against uh, her mother-in-law. And so we see again uh, a division here that Jesus mentions here that he'll send division into even households. And what is this division over? It has to do, I believe, with one's faith system. Let's turn to Luke chapter 14. We looked at last week, God's desire is that we be his number one devotion and love. And that's part of this faith system. Luke chapter 14, uh, verse number four, uh, 26. Luke chapter 14, verse number 26 if any man will come, at, uh, come to me, and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and children and brethren and sister, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoso, do, whoso doth not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. And so it's all centered around following the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord being our number one Again, would you say influence or one number one person that we follow after, the number one person that guides our life? Again, as we consider the faith system of the Lord Jesus Christ, He is number one. He is our number one devotion. Uh, we can certainly have close relationships and good relationships, but we are to have Him as our number one relationship. Let's turn to Luke chapter 13. We also looked at last week. Uh, in this faith system, not only does it call for God to be our number one desire and devotion, but it also is the faith system of one of practical and beneficial fellowship. Luke chapter 13, picking up in verse number 10, it says, And he was teaching one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who, uh, which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift lift up herself and when Jesus saw her he called her to him and said uh, unto her woman thou art loosed from thine infirmity and he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God and the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people there <coughs> are six days it's a way in a man ought to work and them, therefore, come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall, and lead him away to watering? Ought not this one, being a, a daughter of Abraham, which Satan hath bound, lo, these eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he said that, these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things they had done by him. And I want to say this secondly about the Lord's faith system is one of practical and beneficial fellowship. This one was healed on the Sabbath day. And again, when it comes to, again, religions like that of the Pharisee, there may be extreme cases when it comes to religion. 
but the faith of Jesus Christ is one of practical and beneficial fellowship, which leads to us to care about people, to be concerned about people, even our own creatures, that we might uh, take care of them, and also other people's lives. But we see some uh, practical features of the Lord's faith system. Let's turn to Luke chapter 12. We'll continue with some thoughts here on the Lord's faith system. And again, we're going to consider three features of this faith system that, again, are unique to the Christian faith and to the Bible faith. And so we'll consider them here this morning once again. Let's begin by reading here in Luke chapter 12. Read down to verse number 12. Again, running through some um, scripture we looked at last week, but again, going to consider some more thoughts here today. Luke chapter 12, verse 1, it says, In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch as they trod one upon another, he began to say to his disciples, First of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in a closet shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more than they can do. But I forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which, after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for the uh, two farthings, and none of one of them is forgotten before God, but even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more value than many sparrows. Also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man uh, also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. And when ye are bring you to the synagogues and unto the magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what you shall answer or what you shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. And so this morning I'd like to look at, once again, the Lord's faith system. Let's pray as we consider this thought again today. Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for this morning. Thank you for this chance we can meet. Thank you for the uh, unique and wonderful faith system we have as believers. Father, thank you again for this faith system that is rooted in the scriptures. And as we look at again here once again this morning, I pray that you'd help us to see some of its unique features. Help us again by your grace to be able to comprehend and understand this faith system in a way that would please you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I know, uh, again, in many faith systems, there's a calling for you to follow someone who's living, alive, seeable, etc. And I, I get that. I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 13 before we begin to look at the Lord's faith system. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13. I have you turn here because often you hear things along the lines, and I don't want to critique this too much, but uh, follow your pastor. Follow your pastor. And I, I get the concept of following your pastor. Again, I, I get the idea of following your pastor. But what if your pastor's wrong? What if anyone's wrong? Are we supposed to be following a pastor? I think an interesting in Hebrews chapter 13, which is, does talk about the need to follow leadership, and following others. I want to look at these three verses quickly to begin with before we get into the Lord's faith system. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 7 here. The Bible says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. I just wanted to stop there for a moment. Again, we'll spend some time maybe here uh, some other day on this more, but... It says there in verse number 7, and I have these things underlined in the Bible, also circled, whose faith follow. Whose faith follow. So 
understand, again, here, when we have someone who rules over us, which might be a pastor, again, he guides us, shows us maybe things from the scriptures, etc. It doesn't say to follow him, it says to follow his faith. Whose faith follow. And so when it comes to a faith system, I might follow the faith of a pastor, but that faith system should be one of following the faith that that pastor has. Again, the faith once delivered to the saints. Again, Jude talks about that, the first few verses in the book of Jude. Again, we are to follow the faith of the system that has been given to us by the apostles, by Jesus Christ, by the New Testament. And so we follow a faith. And again, I just want to point that out. But let's skip down to verse number 17. It says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. And so verse 7, speaking of the pastors, I believe the ministers there, is talking about those, again, who oversee, and maybe a church, uh, pastors or pastor. It says, obey them that have the rule over you. Now, what are you obeying if you're going back to verse number 7? The faith. The faith that they're trying to promote. You know, a pastor can get somewhat frustrated. I'll be honest with you. They get, that we, we promote a faith. We say, this is the faith to follow. And we encourage people to follow that faith. And uh, maybe we follow that faith and others follow that faith. And then uh, some, of that, some believers might, might say, well, we really don't have to follow the pastor. I, I get you don't have to follow the pastor, but you should be following the faith of the Bible that the pastor might pr promote. Obey them that have and submit yourself. Submit yourself to what? Submit yourself to that pastor as he tells you of a faith system that you should follow. And, and that's good for you because it talks about, because uh, he watches for your souls. And, and I do, I do watch for souls. I, I'm very protective. Uh, again, it may not be open, may not be seen, may not be understood, etc. But I, I am protective as a pastor teacher of this particular uh, congregation. It says, obey and submit yourself for they watch for your souls. And so, as I promote the faith, submit yourself to it. Obey me, obey the Lord, obey the word of God. So, as I, I will give an account, it says there, that I do it with joy, not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. And then verse number 24, it says, Salute all them that have the rule over you and all the saints. They of Italy salute you. And so it mentions here salute or recognize or maybe say hi or, or hello or whatever it might be, salute them that have the rule over you and all the saints, not just me, but everyone. Um, and it, the, the, it says there, they of Italy salute you. And again, I just started here this morning just kind of considering some thoughts on the faith system of the Bible. The Lord's faith system encourages us to follow the faith of maybe the pastor as he follows the Lord. But again, it doesn't say whose life follow, it, 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 it says whose faith follow. And it says, considering the end of their conversation, considering maybe what they're doing, consider their example, uh, certainly uh, worthy to consider an example, whether it's good or bad, in the scriptures. But let's uh, take our Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 4, as we consider here the unique features of the Christian faith system is one of Christian discipleship. It is one of following the Lord Jesus Christ. It's following him voluntarily. It's following him as the word of God would command us to. And uh, Jesus called for, for unique fellowship. We see this here in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, sorry, verse number 4. Matthew chapter 4. And uh, I'd like to pick up there in verse number 19. There were some men who were involved with the fishing trade. And he called for them to follow him. Beginning at verse 19, Matthew 4, 19, it says, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw two other brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in, 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 the, in a ship, with Zebedee, their father, and mending leps, uh, nets. And he called them, and they left immediately. Sorry, they immediately left their ship and their father, and they followed him. 
So consider again some things here this morning about the unique faith system of the Bible. I want us to first of all consider this point. It is a faith system where we follow one. Follow especially one. We follow notably one. The apostles followed the Lord Jesus Christ. They left their nets. They left behind their father. They left behind their fishings. And they followed one. Now that's not to say you can't follow others as they follow Christ. Because they could be doing what Christ would have them to do. They could be following the Lord Jesus Christ in what they do. But again, the, the unique faith uh, system that the Bible has is one of following specifically one. We subject ourselves to one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Our subjection is to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the master. He is the boss. He is number one in this faith system. And again, Jesus wants fellowship. He desired these fishermen again here in Matthew chapter 4, to follow him so that they could become fishers of men. And we talked about this a lot. God would have all of us to become fishers of men. Again, it doesn't matter where you start. You know, we can talk about Levi, who was a tax collector. He wanted him to become a fisher of men. He wanted these fishers of fish to become fishers of men. But to do that, they'd have to follow him. They'd have to follow one. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 8. Now, some people talk about Christianity, they talk about it, it's, it's a very, very um, nominal kind of faith system. There's not much, maybe, allegiance need to be attached to it. One can be a Christian and be a nominal follower, that is, they can follow, again, maybe the faith system, but they really don't follow it, they don't do it, they don't uh, really have it as part of the application of the everyday life. Uh, that's, that's not the faith system of the New Testament. Jesus called these men to forsake their, their trade, their things they were doing to follow Jesus and to learn how to follow Jesus so that they could become fishers of men. Matthew chapter 8, we read on here in verse number 19. Matthew 8, verse 19, it says here, And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus saith unto the foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. And he said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury the dead. And when he entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. What is the unique feature of the Lord's faith system? It's one of one person fellowship, one person especially fellowship. You see the disciples, verse number 23, followed him. Jesus always told people to follow him, to listen to him, to obey what he would have them to do. To each disciple, again, these commands may be different. To these fishermen, these four, it was called to follow him full time for a time, and they did follow him. To these individuals mentioned here in verse number 20 and 21, he mentions them to do specific things. The command to follow him is not one that a lot of people really want to do. In fact, I, I believe in most religious systems, they're following someone else. The latest writer of books, the most popular Christian author. Uh, someone, again, who's drawing a big crowd, maybe a national known pastor. They're following maybe somebody else's advice, but not the Lord Jesus Christ's advice and what he'd have us to do. It's common for a man to follow someone else. It's common for people to follow maybe just whoever's easy to see or easiest to know, or who has a wonderful personality or whatever it might be. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 19. You know, I promote here, I hope to promote here, the faith system of Lord Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church. He's the head of the church. I'm not head of the church. He's the head of the church. He decides the doctrine of the church. He decides the practice of the church. He decides what's right in the church, what's wrong in the church. He decides what should be done in the church, done outside the church, what should be done through the church. Uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse number 21 Jesus here, 
says to the rich young ruler, I just want you to take note of this, in Matthew 19, verse 21. And he said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell what thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Here to a man who was well-to-do, he said, Come and follow me. This is the feature of the Christian faith. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. Not follow your heart, not follow your feelings, not follow your conscience, not following the crowd, but following the Lord Jesus Christ. Not following the trends, the fads, the world, your flesh, your friends, whoever's famous, whoever's notable, not philosophers, not the devil, not politics, not talk heads, not the gossipers of this world, but follow the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not optional when it comes to the Christian faith. In fact, if you turn to Mark chapter 8 and verse number 34, one might say, you know, in the Christian faith, you can be kind of a nominal Christian or you can be one of these sold out kinds of a Christians. And I get there's a difference in our fellowship and then in personal fellowship. But the command to follow the Lord is specific. It's come and follow me. He told the man who wasn't yet even saved, come and follow me. He told full fishermen to follow him. And uh, we find here in Mark chapter 8, in uh, verse number 34, the Bible says, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples, also he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake and the gospel, the same shall save it. And what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And here he calls a great crowd of people to deny themselves, to take up his cross and follow him. The command to follow him is not one of option. It's one of really mandate. But it's also one that one must volunteer to be a part of. Let's turn to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, we sang that song this morning, I've decided to follow Jesus. That's a personal decision. That's your own decision. It's a decision I can't make for you. It's not a decision I can make for maybe someone in my family that I'd love to see them make a decision for. But they must decide. Jesus calls on the people. He calls to you and say, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Mark chapter 14, verse number 54, the Bible says, And Peter followed him afar off. I just bring you to this passage of Scripture to show you that even Christians that have been called to follow, which Peter was called to follow, and certainly called to follow closely to the Lord, uh, followed him at this point in his life, not that closely, but he still was following him. Let's turn to John chapter 10. People talk about, oh, I'm, I'm a follower of Christ. I mean, they'll use the term Christian. I'm a Christian. And they talk about their faith. And they talk about their faith system. But if your faith system is not one of following the Lord, even if it's but following the Lord afar off, Peter was following afar off. I just want to mention that he was done that because of persecution. He was done doing that, I believe, because it wasn't easy at that time. And certainly, again, at those kind of times in life, our faith system is, is again, tested. But yet Peter followed him. There's no doubt there. John chapter 10, and verse number 27, the Bible says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than them all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now, people get excited about this passage of Scripture because it talks about being eternally secure, being saved, and and kept in the Father's hand. But I point out in verse number 27, these words, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. The sheep follow 
sheep fowl. Uh, the truth is a true sheep follows the Lord. The true sheep follows the Lord's command. The true sheep has volunteered to follow Jesus. The goats, the wolves, the dogs, the pigs. I'm not trying to pick on animals here. In the Bible, are shown not to follow. All the Bible points at sheep. And when the sheep, the sheep can go astray, but the sheep desire to follow. They hear, the Bible says, my, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so one of the great features of the Christian faith system, the Bible faith system, is that of following one. It is our utmost desire. It should be our utmost, again, thought process to seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's turn to John chapter 21. You know, my faith system may be called Baptist. That doesn't mean, again, I follow the Baptist faith system because I'll be honest with you, I haven't ran really into a perfect Baptist faith system. Be honest with you. Let me ask you this. <laughs> I'm not trying to tear us down. But missions, do we practice two-by-two two missions sending? No, we don't. <laughs> husband and wife are not a team. I, I'm not trying to be mean, but a husband and wife are not a team. Jesus sent them two-by-two. I understand there's one case. What, what do you do with the one case in the Bible? You usually say it's unique. Philip went down and he preached the gospel. Philip went down. I understand that. I see that in the Bible. I'm not trying to tear apart our faith system, but our faith system is not a perfect faith system from how I see it, how I've seen it practiced, how I've seen it done. I mean, you look at our faith system. I'm not here to tear it down. I'm just saying our faith system is not even a practicing missions. Right. You know, there are, there, there, there are some people that are part of faith systems and they actually practice two-by-two two sending of missionaries. That part of their faith system would be right, right? Correct? I'm not, I'm not trying to tear it down too much, but wasn't it Paul and Silas? It wasn't just Paul, right? Paul, Silas, John, Mark, uh, uh, all these different guys, Paul, Timothy, Titus. Androconist, you go on, on and on, and, and someone says, well, you're tearing down our faith system. I, I'm just saying our faith system could be improved. I mean, I, I'll talk to people sometimes about infant dedication. I'm not trying to be mean here, but did, did you see anywhere where Jesus said, uh, dedicate your children sometime when they're maybe one years old in the Bible? Do you see that in the New Testament? I don't see it. I, I, do I see baptism in the New Testament? I do, I do. I see that in here, and I'm, I'm just saying, those are maybe two features of our faith system. I mean, one of our faith system, I mean, one I think, and I, I mentioned already, is we, we follow pastors maybe too much. And I'm saying not the faith of our pastor, we maybe follow our pastors maybe too much. Pastor will say, maybe do this, and someone says, well, my pastor told me to do it. Well, your faith system should say to do it. Um, I'm just saying this. I, why I say this is because it's needful for us to see, you know, your faith system, especially children, your faith system, if you're going to pick one, should be the faith system of the Bible. The Baptist faith system is perfect if we were practicing the things along the lines of the Bible. I think it could be. It could be perfected, however you want to say it. It should be the same as that of the Bible. Uh, John 21, 22 I don't want to get distracted on that, but you say, well, our faith system isn't good. It, it is good. It could be better. Our faith system could be one more of sacrifice. Our, our faith system could be one more of loving people the way that we should love them, of forgiving people like we should, of, of fellowshipping people after the pattern of the New Testament, after the pattern of Jesus. John 21, verse number 22, the Bible says, and Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. And I probably should maybe back up here, but Peter here is being told to follow Jesus. And uh, some people get concerned about how somebody else follows, maybe how another Baptist church follows or how another Christian follows, follows etc. But I want to point out here in verse number 22, Fellowship needs to be personal. Follow thou me. 
you, me, follow thou me. Not just follow thou the faith of your, your forebears. Not follow maybe the disciple that led you in the Christian faith. Maybe not follow the, the faith of the pastor or whoever it might be that the father, the mother, whoever it might be that might be before it, but follow thou me. Don't be concerned about others who are following Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. And so I just mentioned here to begin with, this is very important as we consider the Lord's faith system that we follow one, especially one that is the Lord. His words, his ways, his works, his love, his example, his pattern, his demeanor, his features, everything about him should be what we seek to follow. Will we follow him perfectly? Probably not. Peter followed him afar off. We'll find ourselves there at times. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 10. Our faith system is different than the world. Our faith system should be different than the world. It should be one of unique following of one, especially one. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 12, verse number 4 through verse number 7. Our faith system is also one of, of friend-to-friend fellowship. Friend-to-friend fellowship. We see this in verse number 4. I'm just going to mention this briefly. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that, have no more than they can do, is one of following a dear friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. It's following our friend. He is our friend. We are his friend. I say unto you, my friends. It's a unique faith system because it's one of voluntarism. Not forced into it. It's not one of coercion. It's not one of the government coming along and saying, you're going to be Lutheran, Baptist, Catholic, whatever it might be, Muslim, whatever. It's a chosen faith system. It's a friend-to-friend faith system. We'll probably talk about that a little bit more, but I want to mention here because it mentions... Something else, it also begins with the letter F here. It's a fear not men faith system. In verse number four, it says, And I say unto my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more than they can do to you. But I forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed that power to cast in hell. Yea, I say unto him, fear him. Are not five uh, sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God. But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are more valued than many sparrows. That's the summary, verse number seven. Fear not. It's a fear not faith system. We are not to fear men. Uh, again, I, I believe that's one of the things that keeps us from the will of God probably more than anything else is Fearing men, fearing what people think. You know, there's some, again, in the Bible that feared being excommunicated, so they they secretly followed Jesus. They still followed Jesus, but they followed him afar off. The fear nots of the Bible, not fearing what men can do to you, is one of the features of the Christian faith. The Bible says you could be killed, cast. I mean, it says there, I forewarn you who to fear, fear him who hath, who hath killed that power to cast into hell. I say unto you, fear him. We are to fear God. Fear God far beyond that of fearing men. Even though man can kill you, put you to death. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 10. Uh, you see over and over in the Bible that God came along and told Abraham, or Moses, or Joshua, or Jacob, or whoever it might be down through history, fear not. When he appeared to Mary, he said, fear not. This is one of the unique uh, features of our faith system. It's one of faith in God, and faith in the Word of God, and faith in the providence of God, and faith in the things of the Lord, that we not fear men. Matthew chapter 10, verse number 16, it says, Behold, I send you forth, as sheep in the midst of wolves, be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. 
Now, you see there in the Bible, verse number 16, it says he sends us as sheep. Sheep are what? They're weak. They're not strong. Sheep are, again, something that could be hurt very easily. And so it mentions, I send you as sheep, and you are sheep, because you follow my voice. But it mentions, he sends us as sheep in the midst of wolves. And so what is it saying? Again, there are wolves in the world. There are sheep. We are sheep. And so the Bible says there in verse number 16, Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as, as doves. And so we are not to, to fear, but we are to be wise, even though we're sent in the midst of wolves. I want to read on here in verse number 17. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to consuls, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. You shall be brought before governors, kings, for my sake, for a testimony against them and against the Gentiles. Then he shall deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it will be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. Reading on, verse 20, For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you, and the brother that has delivered up brother to death, and fathered up the child, and the child shall rise up against his parents, and cause them to be put to death, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another, for verily I say unto you, you shall uh, not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man cometh. The disciple is not above his master, nor the uh, servant above his Lord. It is enough that the disciple be as his master, and the servant be as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of, the, of his household? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall be not covered. What I tell you in darkness, that speak in light, what you hear in the ear, that preach from the housetops. Fear not that them kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body and hell. I want to skip to verse 31. Fear ye not, therefore. Ye are more value than many sparrows. Fear not. Fear not, even though you might be persecuted. Fear not, though some may put you in prison. The fact is, we are sheep. We are in the midst of wolves. The Bible mentions there we are, to, we are going to be persecuted. We are going to be perjured. We are going to be, have things spoken against us falsely. Despite knowing all these things, Jesus says, fear not. We're going to be hated. He says, fear not. There will might even kill you. Fear not. God's command to his followers is to fear not. Why not fear? Well, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 29. I just want to mention... Again, I, I believe, again, one of the ways in which we get out of the will of God is the result of fear. You know, the disciples, they fled from Jesus for fear. Again, if we're doing the will of God, I believe, again, there will be a lack of fear. There's no fear in love, the Bible says. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear has torments. Proverbs 29, verse number 25 the Bible says, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whosoever putteth his trust in him shall be saved. Fearing man will lead us, I believe, contrary to the word of God. It will lead us to a snare, a trap. I wonder how many believers have been snared trying to protect their life rather than following the will of God. For fear, someone will not maybe discipline their children. For fear, some will not follow the faith of the scriptures. For fear, some will not meet. In fear, some will meet. Fear not. The Bible says that over and over again. Let's turn to Luke chapter 12. I just want to show you this once again here in Luke chapter 12. It's, a, it's, it's God's pleasure to take care of his children. It's God's pleasure to take care of his sheep. It's God's pleasure to watch over his children, and as such, we need not fear. Luke chapter 12 and verse number 22, the Bible says, And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what you shall eat, neither the body for what you shall put on, for the life is more than meat, and the body more than the raiment. Consider the ravens, for they sow not, nor reap, 
which neither, bar, uh, neither have storehouse nor barn, God feedeth them. How much more are you better than fowls? And he goes on and talks about some other things, but I want to just pick up there in verse number 32. It says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your God Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not. We get in trouble as a result of fear. We'll fall into a snare because of fear. We'll fall into a trap because of fear. It was the fear that Saul had that led him to disobey God. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, he, he kept some of the sheep and the oxen because he feared the people. You know, the Christian faith has been changed over the year because of fear, because they fear maybe no one will listen to them. They fear, again, what man may do to them. They fear what maybe the government might uh, bring along in their lives. But we need to be careful that we have this thing of fear displaced in our life, replaced by faith. Let's turn to Mark chapter 11. Uh, don't fear the future. Don't fear what God might have ahead for us. Don't look at maybe what might seem as far as what government might be headed towards or what government might do. Again, in Mark chapter 11, verse number 22, the Bible says here, and Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. The Lord's faith system is one of following one specifically. It's one of not fearing men. Despite what men can do to us, we are not to fear them. But let's turn to Matthew chapter 18. I just want to look at one last point here this morning. Again, we'll cover this maybe more thoroughly sometime down the road. I don't know, but I just want to consider one more thought about the Lord's faith system. It's one of following one specifically. It's one of fearing not men and having faith in God. It is one, Matthew chapter 18. It's one of forgiving others. And again, forgiving others over and over again. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 21. Matthew 18, 21, it says here, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times. Just want to stop there. That's, that's probably pretty good, right? Someone forgiving someone seven times. I mean, seven notable times, like, Maybe someone doing something to somebody and hurting them or doing whatever and forgiving them once and then maybe down the road forgiving them again and forgiving that person again and forgiving them again and forgiving them again seven times. That's, that seems like a, a pretty decent amount of forgiveness being given out to other people. But it says here in verse 22, And Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore, there's a kingdom of heaven like unto a certain king, which took account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had nothing to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and his children, all that he had, and payment to be made. And the servant therefore fell down and, and worshiping, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I'll pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. And the saved servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, and laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I'll pay thee all. And he would not, but he went out and put him in prison, that he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, and they were very sorry, and came and told their Lord all that was done, then this, his Lord, after he had called him, said, unto, uh, said, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldst thou not also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? The Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all they had done. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother 
their trespasses. Again, this deals with the subject of forgiveness, but I will spend a little bit of time here, but not a lot here this morning. But I want us to understand in the Lord's faith system, there's one of forgiveness. Forgiveness over and over again. Forgiveness often. Forgiveness much. Forgiveness of any. Forgiveness of offenses. Forgiveness of brothers. Forgiveness of sisters. Forgiveness of strangers. Forgiveness of persecutors. This is the Lord's faith system. It is different than that of most faith systems. Again, we see a parable of forgiveness here. One again here of a person who had no way to repay the debt. And yet the Lord forgave him. We see again a fellow servant come along and say, uh, basically the same thing, forgive me the debt. And he says, no, I, I'm not going to forgive you that debt. But you see in this faith system, in verse 35, these words, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his trespasses. It is a forgiveness faith system. It's one of forgiving our persecutors. It's one of forgiving our enemies. It's forgiving others that hurt us. Let's turn to uh, Matthew chapter uh, 18 here. Uh, no, that's, that's not right. Let's turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Uh, why should we forgive? Why should we forgive? Because it can cause issues in our own life. Again, it talks about them causing issues. We should extend compassion, mercy, pity to those who need forgiveness. Mark chapter 11 here, verse number 25 and verse number 26. Mark chapter 11, verse 25, verse 26. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive ye your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive ye your trespasses. Forgiveness is something that we want and we need, and it's something that we should extend to others. We, again, are in positions where we trespass against other people, and we want our sins to be forgiven of our Heavenly Father, so we ought to forgive other people who forgive us. It's important to forgive. Forgive from the heart, as it mentions there in Matthew chapter 18. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6, if we could. Matthew chapter 6. Why should we forgive? Because uh, we want forgiveness. Why should we forgive? Secondly, because God said we should forgive. Now, if we're part of a faith system, we're to follow it. I mean, it's not optional. It's not something that you know, we pick one day and we choose another faith system tomorrow. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 here, verse number 12, it says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's part of the Lord's Prayer. We, we talk about the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so we need to be forgiving as we are supposed to. Forgive us. Our debts, Lord, as we forgive other debtors. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. We are commanded to. We are supposed to. Again, harboring unforgiveness or harboring bitterness can hinder our prayer life. Matthew chapter 5 here, verse number 22. It says, And I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of judgment, and whosoever shall... Say to his brother, Rekha shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way first, be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. It's a faith system of forgiving. It's not a one of holding grudges or holding to uh, debts or debtors or holding, again, grievances or gripes. It's one of forgiving. And again, that's a unique feature of the faith system of the Bible. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 18. Someone says, well, how off? 
I mean, one, two, three, four, five, seven offenses, that seems pretty good. Maybe 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, maybe that would be wonderful. Maybe 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, on you go to 100, that'd be a lot. But one of forgiving over and over again, as the Lord forgives us. We sin often. We need forgiveness. We ought to extend a like forgiveness to others. Matthew 18, verse number 21. Then Peter, uh, then came Peter to him and saith, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? And Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Again, the purpose of, again, of this is to show compassion and to show patience. Again, this is a parallel account. Let's look, look at verse number 29. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he went on. He went and cast him into prison, that he should pay the debt. Skip to verse 33. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as he had pity on thee? God forgave us our sins. We should be willing to forgive others of their sins. Verse number 35, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if, you, if ye from the heart forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. The faith system of the Bible is one of forgiveness. As God forgives us, we forgive other people. It's not limited to seven. It's not limited to 20 or 50 or 100. But to... Forgive often and forgive as debts come up and offenses come. Let's turn back to Luke chapter 12. And we'll close this morning here as we consider the Lord's faith system. It's one of following the Lord above all different people or personalities or philosophies or personalities. Luke chapter 12, verse number 1. In the meantime, when there were gathered together innumerable multitude of people, insomuch as they trod one upon the other, he began to say to his disciples, First of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be made known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which is spoken in the ear in the closet shall be claimed from the housetops. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do to you. But I forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him that after you have killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But even the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, Ye are more value than many sparrows. Also I say unto you, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. The Lord's faith system is found in the Bible. We can recognize it. We can see it as one of first following one, following the Lord, following the Lord Jesus Christ. It is secondly, one of fearing not, having faith in God. doesn't matter how big or small we are. It is one of forgiveness, forgiving much, forgiving little, forgiving as needed. Let's close as we consider the word of God here today.